Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can find out everything you need to know about this show, what we do, where we've been, where we're going to, and where you can find us at www.xzoneradiotv.com or on our main network, xzbn.net. This has been a, a very damaging day for people who actually believe that it was a missile that hit the Pentagon. FBI files were open today and photographs of aircraft debris identifying the aircraft that actually flew into the Pentagon. So to all you conspiracy theorists, sorry, after all this time, you've been shot down by the FBI. And speaking about the FBI, my guest this hour is a former FBI agent. His name is John DeSouza. He's known as X-Man. Uh, he was an FBI special agent for over 20 years and collected the real-life X-Files. John unravels mysteries that elude investigators restricted to the purely material world. The truth of the paranormal revealed itself to the author through his own supernatural experiences and those of innumerable others across many professional fields. Joining us now is the X-Man himself, John DeSouza. And John, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. Wow, it is great to be with you here with your X-Zone audience here. It's uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, like you said, I am, I'm John DeSouza. I was an FBI special agent for over 20 years. During that time, I collected the real-life X-Files, which I share with people. Uh, in my books, uh, like the para-investigators and uh, also the extra-dimensionals, which uh, I, have, uh, I have out right now. So what's your origin in the paranormal with the FBI? Oh, that's an excellent question. I uh, I put that in my that's in my first book, The Power Investigators. It's mm -hmm. basically it was basically an event of the paranormal that was massive, overwhelming and affected many pe many people across the United States of America. Mm -hmm. uh, we had in um, of course and it goes back to what you were just talking about about 9/11, uh, yeah. the 9/11 terrorist event. What happened was, uh, and this, this affected many people in law enforcement, there was an incident called the Indigo Kids of 9-11. And all that was was us little kids, young kids, as young as four years old, going up all the way to 11, 11 years old, all across the country, all across the United States. And for all I know, this could have been happening in Canada also. Sure. But there were kids all over the United States who were reported uh, as having visions 
and precognitions, uh, dreams, uh, events, like supernatural events, warning of the 9-11 events. And that occurred all over, and they had to be investigated by FBI agents and by officers that worked in these task forces as well, these terrorism task forces. And I can give you, you know, there's all kinds of examples. Uh, we had a little boy, for instance, uh, he was finger painting, doing arts and crafts in his class. Uh, he was, and teacher comes over, sees him, and says, oh, wow, this is a very beautiful uh, two buildings that you built there and they're glowing really nicely and these wonderful looks like these angels with red wings are just flying away from the buildings where are they flying to and the little boy uh, would say to the teacher those buildings aren't glowing those buildings are on fire and wow. those are not angels with wings those are people on fire jumping out of the buildings so the teacher would look at something like that chalk it up to too much sugar but when when the 9-11 attacks happened, mm -hmm. they would, there was this big see, see anything, see, say something yeah. campaign, anything at all, no matter how, no matter how silly it may seem, had, should be reported. So a lot of teachers and babysitters and caretakers, uh, school bus drivers reported these incidences. They reported these in to the FBI and to, and to task forces, uh, these terrorism task forces for them to and they had to be investigated. They had, there was another little girl who was on a playground. She was by herself instead of playing with other kids. She's just sitting there kind of looking down um, and making designs on the, on the floor. And a teacher comes over to say, are you okay? And the little girl, little, very young girl says, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just thinking. The teacher goes to walk away from her. And she grabs the teacher's skirt and pulls on it violently and tells her, begs her, tomorrow... Make sure you stay away from tall buildings, please, because tall buildings sometimes fall down, and wow. they can fall down on people. All right, John, stand by. We've got to take a new, our first break. Fascinating information. Exonation. John DeSeuss is our special guest this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about John, visit his website, www.johntamabooks.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. John DeSouza and I return after this break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and much more. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www 
HolisticCancerFoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation, uh, John DeSouza is our special guest. His website is johntamabooks.com. He's a former FBI agent who used to investigate the real X-Files material. And uh, John, thanks very much for joining us. And before we went to the break, we were talking about some of the children who had premonitions or who are called the indigo children of 9-11 that were actually investigated by members of the Bureau after the attacks. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for instance, there was another another little boy who had apparently not gotten any sleep for one night and woke up on his on his school bus. He was being taken to school on his school bus, had fallen asleep and woke up screaming about people being on fire oh in a building and jumping out of a building. And this very small child, and so that was just just yelling out about this building collapsing on top of people. And so that was reported later by a school bus driver. So you had all these caretakers reporting these incidences and these law enforcement officers with guns on them. And no matter how silly they may have felt, they had Mm -hmm. with these interviews had to be done. There was a policy of 100% coverage. There was no discretion on this. The, they had to be talked to, and you know their parents as well. For a, and it's only for the possibility of any connection to terrorism of those families. And in these cases, every single one of these cases of the 9/11, the uh, Indigo kids of 9/11, mm-hmm. every single case came back uh, with no ties, no ties to terrorism whatsoever. And they were actually they were all closed out, basically. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you a question here, because you were a. F- uh, a member of the FBI, you did investigate aspects of the 9-11 events. How do you feel about all the different conspiracy theories that are out there that, you know, it was a black ops operation, the federal government yeah. knew? What's your take on this, having been an active member of the FBI? You know, I always say I really feel like people give far too much credit to the federal government, not mm. not just national government, uh, not just of the United States. Sure. Canada of of any country the national governments they they uh, give them far too much credit I personally from what I've seen I just feel like the national governments and a lot of these incidences they just follow orders yeah. and a lot of times I don't really believe they know 
why they're following certain orders and why they're doing certain things. And I believe that they just they just follow what they're told to do because I feel like there's a there's another structure that is overlaying the national government, say, uh, global global government structure that gives them instructions and tells them which way to march. So are, are what, you giving are you giving credibility and credence to the new world order? Well, I don't like to call it that. I, I call it epic, the uh, elite powers in control epic. I like to there's certain there's certain words that uh, you use that if you use the word uh, if you use uh, initials NWO or you use the I word, mm-hmm. I think it really marks you for these crawlers, these crawlers on the net that go looking for people who, uh, who use certain terms and kind of marks them, marks them as conspiracy theorists. So I try to use different language, but yeah, it's essentially the same thing as what you're saying. Rob. So, yeah, I be- go ahead. so, so do you believe that there, there was another cause of the nine 11 terrorist attack other than a group of terrorists, Islamic-based terrorists who flew these jets into the buildings and that the buildings fell down based on the attacks? Yeah, I believe that there's a strong possibility that there were there were outside forces Mm -hmm. that had had a very strong hand in what went on. Uh, After looking at everything that went on, all the investigation and everything that was uh, that was very, uh, very nicely, very nicely put together, almost uh, almost put together in a, in a contrite sort of manner. Uh, I really believe like there were, my final conclusion is that there were outside forces that were probably using what, uh, what we know as next generation breakaway technology in that event, breakaway technology. That's how, that's what I see because I see very strong clues of technology that was used, uh, perhaps to, perhaps to direct those planes, perhaps, to create some kind of explosive atmosphere inside that left residue behind of technology that the nations don't have and that nations don't use. The key word here is you suspect. Have you seen any evidence to substantiate your suspicions? What I see is clues. When you say evidence, uh, you know, there there are sometimes clues that kind of match up with each other mm-hmm. and that don't quite and that don't fit the paradigm that is being put forward by the national government and they don't quite fit into that but then when you actually place these clues one on top of the other and match them up they seem to belong somewhere else mm-hmm. so if you're asking me about hard evidence well how is Who's going to provide that hard evidence? It's going to be the national authorities that are working these investigations. Well, with all the so, whistleblowers that are out there, <laughs> I'm sure that that if there was anything nefarious behind the 9/11 attacks, that it had nothing to do with with the Islam or or any of the splinter groups of Al Qaeda that were going on back then. And don't forget, this was the second second attack and the successful attack on the World Trade Center uh, that hackers. In Russia, China, and even whistleblowers within the NSA like Edward Snowden would have brought these to the forefront, and this would have destroyed the credibility of the existing government, and yet, up to date, nobody's done that. Yeah, that is that is true. That is true, which means they don't know. So, Or, who, the other side of the coin, they? there is no evidence. Could be. It could be. Yeah. There's, a, there's a possibility of that, of course. But when, uh, but I'm certainly not. I certainly am not mm-hmm. saying that there was not involvement from radical, radical Islamic element, elements right. that we see right. involved in this in this particular. Term. But there's a lot of there's a lot of moving. They definitely had a part in that, mm-hmm. and they played their role very well. All right, and I just wanted to get your take on that because parts. the FBI released those photos today that that you know it show the debris. Of the aircraft that so many people said no, an aircraft never crashed into the building, the hole is too small, this, that, and the other thing. Anyway, the, the FBI released the photos. The photos are online for everybody to see. And uh, let's get on to the paranormal aspect of you, the mm-hmm. X-Men. Is there a connection between you being the FBI X-Men and the X-Files movie or TV show? Oh, yeah. The um, X-Files uh, 
television show was a great favorite of mine in the, during the 90s. And there was uh, some, there was a, a minor scandal that went on with the show uh, that involved the uh, creator, Chris Carter, of right. the show. There were several higher-ups in the FBI that had, uh, that it became very apparent to them that he was getting real information on real things that happened, and he was putting them into the episodes of his shows. And also, FBI procedure was amazingly accurate. So for that reason, uh, some higher-ups at the FBI became alarmed. Uh, I was actually questioned on whether I had any contact with uh, Chris Carter. I was able to say no, I didn't mm -hmm. have any contact with him, but... Uh, the uh, the rumors of my questioning got out uh, at the FBI, and I was told. Uh, and after that, I was kind of given the, I was given the nickname the X Man. I was told that I was demoted from G Man to X Man because of my uh, connection with the uh, X Files. Hmm. And Chris Carter was questioned himself. Uh, he was he actually talks about this today. The creator of the X Files. He says that he really thought they were going to shut down his show because they were telling, saying that he was revealing too many things, true things in his show uh, that were possibly coming from FBI files. Is that why so, the show was shot in Canada? I believe it's part of the reason, yeah. Mm -hmm. That may have been a big part of the reason. Yeah. But he eventually, he was able to convince them that he wasn't getting any inside mm -hmm. sorts of information, and they they left him alone. But he talks about this today, and he says wow. he really was convinced they were going to shut him down at that point. In your first book, The Power Investigators, uh, can you tell us some of the true para, uh, para investigator uh, stories that you have in there? Oh, yeah. I can tell you. I can tell you. Um, uh, several. The Indigo Kids of 9/11, of course, is mm -hmm. uh, one of the first ones. But uh, there's another one about a uh, about a, uh, a story called the uh, Death by a Broken Heart. It's the story of a security guard Richard Jewell, who is he's one of these guys, these uh, supernaturally gifted investigators that I talk about in my book, The Power Investigators. He was an individual that uh, in uh, Atlanta, in Atlanta, Georgia, we had Olympic events. That were going on, yeah. and one night he, you know, and everybody knows this story more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, one night he came across. Uh, it was a very busy night uh, at the in the Olympic Village. There were there were athletes. It was way after the events. It was like almost one o'clock in the morning, but it, the place was still packed with people, hundreds, thousands, sorry, thousands of people streaming back and forth through Olympic Village in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and he found one of these uh, giant hiking packs. It was about five feet tall. One of these things where you put everything you, you put everything you own on your back. It's this huge giant hiking pack. It was just sitting in the middle of a walking path. And what on this particular night he became the instead of just a regular security guard, he became the greatest investigator in the world because instead of just hauling the thing into uh, lost and found or over to a supervisor, he didn't touch it. He he put up police tape and barriers around it, and he told he started yelling at people to please get out of the perimeter, get out of the way, don't get away from this thing. People weren't listening to him, so he started shouting at them, yelling at them, getting a little desperate, using his body, and he started really screaming at them. And people have this on film. Uh, he was screaming at them, gesticulating, mm -hmm. get out of the area. This thing could be a bomb. Suspicious package. Get out of here. Anyway, he's finally able to convince enough people to move away from this thing, and then it exploded. And it barely caused any injury at all because of what he did. He probably saved dozens of lives that oh, day. Yeah. However, as investigators started looking at these, uh, investigators on the ground started looking at these tapes of him, uh, of him uh, yelling at people and getting upset and kind of getting hysterical, it became apparent to them, well, became apparent to them, same thing that became apparent to me, which was that he knew it was a bomb, and he did. Now, the question was, how did he know it was a bomb? Well, investigators on the ground concluded the only way he could know it was a bomb was because he planted the bomb, trying to be a hero. So that was the narrative that went out, unfortunately, in the media and across newspapers across the country. Uh, and for 88 days, I mean, his life was ruined. Instead of being rewarded like the hero that he was, uh, he was he was punished, and this narrative that he was a wannabe hero and that he planted this bomb went mm -hmm. all over the world, right. and his life his life was essentially ruined. Uh, he uh, at the end of eighty eight days, uh, the government did something they've never I'd never seen them do before. The United States government uh, they came forward and they apologized to Richard Jewell. They said he is not the bomber. 
He is not uh, at all. And of course, a very short time later, Eric Robert Rudolph was uh, confessed to being the Olympic Park bomber. If I'm if I'm not bomb. mistaken, video footage of, of that package and that area surveillance video footage was sent to NASA, and it was actually NASA using new technology that they actually made for that purpose was able to help the FBI in the identification of the uh, true suspect. Wow, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, but at the time that I was becoming aware of the investigation, it was being kept uh, very strictly to those FBI agents on the ground, and they were not wanting they were not wanting outside help because they figured it out all on their own. They thought, and uh, it was uh, it was very sad because yeah. they could not reach the proper conclusion because they could not look outside the material world. John, stand yeah. by. I've got to take my news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Don D'Souza is our special guest. His website is www.johntamabooks.com, and we'll be back. Whatever you do, don't go away. You're listening to the Exxon Radio Show around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Radio X throughout Europe, and on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Hi, everyone. Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on Internet streaming. Everybody has heard about Internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. 
While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Check us out online on all the social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, on Facebook, Exxon Radio TV, and XZBN.net. Our website, www.exxonradiotv.com, and our network website, XZBN.net. Talking about the paranormal with the X-Man himself, former FBI agent John DeSouza. He's the author of a number of books. His first book, The Para Investigators. Uh, John, always great uh, talking to someone who has dedicated and served the people like you have. So I'd like to thank you for your service. Oh, thank you so much, Rob. That's very kind of you. Okay, we've talked about... Um, the one of the story, two of the stories we talked about the stories about the indigo children. We talked about the story about the the security guard who was wrongly pointed at as the person who placed the bomb during the Atlantic Atlanta Olympics. Can you give yes. us one more story? Yes, and just to finish the one about the security guard, yeah. he actually remote viewed inside that hiking bag. Uh, because he was, and that is how he saw, and that's why he knew it was a bomb. Uh, but like I said, materialist uh, investigators can never come to that conclusion. They just can't accept it. Uh, but he himself later said, uh, later said that he he did have an awareness. He came to an awareness that there was a bomb inside without ever touching the bag, without ever looking inside, because he was on camera the whole sure. time. So, so how, do you, how do you know that he remote viewed? Because it is the only possibility left to us to to be to get to that knowingness that we know that he he was aware that it was a bomb in there. Since we saw him, since we have him on camera the entire time, yeah. uh, and he never actually touched the package or opened it up or looked mm -hmm. inside physically, so that only leaves the two possibilities that he did plant the bomb, which we found out he did not, right. or he somehow supernaturally saw inside that package to know it was a bomb. But what about that gut feeling cops get all the time? You know, I was a cop. I used to get that gut feeling all the time. You don't yes. know what it is, and I've never put it to anything except intuition. I've never yes. said that, you know, it was remote viewing. So yes. how do, did he actually come out and say, I knew there was a bomb in that bag because I remote viewed it? No, no, and I don't blame him for not saying that. He wouldn't go that far. I see. All, all he did, all he, as far as he would go, mm -hmm. is say that I had a knowingness. I was given the knowledge that there was a bomb inside there. And that by this time, you have to understand, his life had been ruined, basically, mm -hmm. for 88 days with these worldwide accusations that he was the bomber. And actually, it broke his health. His health was broken after that, and he died a short time after. At the age of 44, a very young age, he died. It was very tragic. So, yeah, so I do not blame him for not, uh, you know, he had been persecuted so much just for the little bit of service that he did give mm -hmm. in saving all these people's lives. So, yeah, he, he never came out and said, I remote viewed. That is my conclusion okay. based on what I saw. Yeah, and uh, I'll give you, and if I have the time, I can give you sure. another story based on what you just said, you know, when you have a gut, a gut feeling yep. and intuition as a, as a police officer, that's a real thing. That's mm -hmm. a real thing. And when you become a law enforcement, I learned this from other working with other law enforcement cops, uh, is that, uh, one of the things they teach you is, is to add police Academy. And also when you're put with, uh, older veterans, uh, sure. It's, uh, probably an experience that you went through also, uh, when you are on the force, mm -hmm. um, is that they tell you uh, to listen to your intuition, but be careful with your language after the fact because you have to say things in a proper way for them to be acceptable in a in a sort of a, a sort of a, a 
a court atmosphere, in an evidentiary sort of uh, atmosphere. So you have to, you can actually say things now, uh, at least things have developed to the point where you can actually use the words uh, gut feeling, intuition, but then you have to. Yeah, we used to use, we used to use reasonable and probable grounds. Right. But in but to underpin those uh, reasonable um, and in the FBI they say uh, reasonable cause reasonable cause right. reasonable and probable and uh, yeah and that's that's fine but you've got to be able to pin it on something real and I can tell you I've got so many stories here but let me just tell you uh, let me just sure. tell you a uh, red jacket real quick uh, story you you may have very you may have very well heard it because it's been going around in law enforcement for many many years. Uh, the uh, red jacket story is basically the story of a uh, red shirt. Sorry, red shirt, red shirt story. It's the story of an officer who is rolling along, and he's rolling along up on a uh, a scene where known drug trafficking is happening on this uh, on this one corner. Bunch of young men there, very uh, young men there doing some sort of uh, drug trafficking mm-hmm. with each other, and this person stops their car short of because there's some kind of some kind of operation going on uh, against uh, to scoop up a lot of these drug dealers anyway so this person who's rolling up on the scene they stop their vehicle and this person's by themselves they stop the, this officer by himself he stopped his vehicle very well well short of the crop and the crowd the knot of people uh, mm-hmm. on this street corner and stops the car gets out of the car and looks towards these individuals on this street corner and they look back at him and they take off running all of them and all in different directions and so he's well far back but he just barely sees barely sees uh, who they are uh, running and he he radios out to everybody on all the different corners all around the perimeter radios out uh, get get him the one in the red shirt he's got a gun Get him, he's got a gun. And this individual is picked up. He's picked up by picked off by someone around the perimeter. They get him, they go through his effects, and he actually did have a gun, but it was deep inside one of these baggy pants pockets. And they were able to pull the gun out. And of course, later on it came out uh, that this gun had been used in several violent acts in the very near in the very uh, recent past, including a murder. So they had this person for that. But now the questions from his compatriots is, uh, came, how did you know that he had a gun in deep in his pot? You couldn't have possibly, you could not have seen it. How could you have known it was a red shirt guy who had a gun out of all these individuals that ran in all, in all directions? Because now this had to be. This had to be uh, papered up, you know. Mm-hmm. It had to be uh, written up, made good yeah. for court <laughs> to uh, to go forward. Uh, so basically, the officer made a mistake at first. They just he said he said I just I just knew I just knew I just had a feeling, and of course, you know, we know that's that's not good enough. You can't actually say that. So that that person was taken by an older an older officer sergeant, and they were educated on what they can say and what they can do in order to justify that they knew that that person had a red shirt on and that person had a gun. Uh, and they came back later and actually said uh, they were able to get information that there was going to be an individual that had a gun and they gave the proper terminology. There were a reasonable cause, probable cause, uh, was built by information that I had uh, telling me that someone would have a gun in this crowd and that it was probably going to be the person with the red shirt. So in other words, they were educated on the right things to say <laughs> because you can't just say, I just knew. I just had a feeling. You know, that's it's not good enough for, it's not good enough for police work. So that's that's another typical story that uh, that goes around all of uh uh, especially on the East Coast and law enforcement that's known by many, many how does How does your new book, The Extra Dimensionals, differ from your first book, The Para-Investigators? Well, The Extra Dimensionals uh, talks about what it, what it is uh, about all the different uh, alien visitor cases, The Extra Dimensionals, True Tales and Concepts of Alien Visitors. It's basically the culmination of all the study that I've done in the last uh, 
20 years of very, very well-known cases and some new cases of alien visitation, alien abductions, alien uh, contact cases, and even just alien observation cases that have come down through the years. And, the, and just taking it from the approach of a pure investigator, because as you know, most people in the paranormal are, tend to be former scientists, former journalists, uh, and analyst type people. I don't see too many people like yourself and myself, uh, Rob, that are former law enforcement people, that just mm -hmm. purely investigators. Well, actually, actually you know, I, I'd just like to interject here. There are a number of organizations now of paranormal investigators that are strictly policemen. Oh, I need to join that. Okay. Uh, Larry. <laughs> I love the sound of that. Larry Lawrence is a detective in Felsmere, Florida. He runs an organization called the Florida Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. And he has deputy sheriffs. He has uh, uh, other members of uh, different law enforcement agencies. And he's connected to law enforcement agencies right across the United States who ha uh, I'm sorry, law enforcement agents right across the United States who investigate the paranormal. Oh, that is that is awesome. Yeah, because we we really we definitely need that. Yeah, I mean, when I listen to somebody like a, a Butch Witowski, who's a former state trooper out of yep. uh, Pennsylvania, yep. or or um, the gentleman who does four one one missing, uh, who is the uh, the officer, the former uh, police detective, who does uh, uh, David Polites, who does uh, all the does all the missing cases out of national parks. I mean, there's an element that these guys yep. have that I don't hear in other places. And I think, I, I think what it is, is they do an examination of the nature of things. Well, the there's nature. a certain way to investigate. There's a certain way to collect evidence. There's a certain yeah. way how to yeah. interview people. And this yes. comes with the, with the training and the, not only from the academy, but also the amount of years that you've been on the street, meeting with people, interacting with yes. people, and getting tr street smart. And you know, yeah. Butch, I, I know Butch very well. He's been on the show a number of, a number of times, and oh, he's awesome. I, I agree with you. And and it's when I it's when I see these wannabes, for lack of better words, who call themselves paranormal investigators, who have no idea how a true investigation is even. You know, they see it on TV, um, one of these so-called reality TV shows, and away they go. They want to become paranormal investigators or ghost hunters. And I love, I love ghost hunters because I say, well, how can you kill something that's already dead? <laughs> that's good. You know? Yeah, I, that's that's why I, uh, when I'm talking to these paranormal investigators, I always I always ask them, please just get the free sample of the first fifty pages of my book, the Para Investigators, because the first fifty pages is free. It's free on my Facebook, also free on Amazon, and uh, you can just just to get a primer on what basic investigation is, what it involves. And what it what it really means, because it doesn't mean what we've been taught by television, unfortunately. No, no. Yeah, no. television has taught us this uh, CSI mindset, and it, we think that uh, investigation means just like some lab coats coming and getting residue and getting things they can put in test tubes and all of this, and it's just nothing to be further from the truth. Investigation yeah, and, is so and, much more. And usually a crime isn't solved within an hour that is filled with commercials <laughs> either. Listen, John, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Exonation John D'Souza is our guest this hour. Once again, his website is johntamabooks.com. You can find him on Facebook as well, John D'Souza Media Group. And John and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone, 26 years strong. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? 
Well, now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, Soul Balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A Soul Balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. John DeSouza is our guest. His latest book is called The Extra Dimensionals. And you can find out all about John on his website at johntamabooks.com. So, in your opinion, John, are UFOs real? Yes, they are. However, I have to uh, condition that, um, you know, uh, Stanton Friedman has a great saying. He says that I, that I like very much. He says, 
so what if 95% of UFO cases mm-hmm. are either fraud or insufficient information or just outright not true? That has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. because all I care about is the 5% or less of UFO cases every year that actually are unexplainable and possibly extraterrestrial. But how can we take Stanton Friedman's word when he himself has never seen a UFO? He has no, you know, he has no investigative experience. He is basically Mm -hmm. a storyteller who just happened to come across something 20 years after it happened. Ah, that's a good point. But what I do, but I do love that saying because when people come up to me Mm -hmm. and they say, and they say, uh, do you really believe in UFOs? What they're not really talking about that small percentage of genuinely unexplainable cases. They're talking about the 96 percent mm-hmm. of cases that are that are not real, that are not uh, that are provably not true. And so that really is not what that's not what I deal with. That's not what I'm focused on. So what is the difference I, between the five percent that you deal with and the yet-to-be-discovered causes that may show that these 5% are actually experimental aircraft or yet-to-be-disclosed-to-the-public type of new weapon system? Oh, the difference is authenticity. Okay. Authenticity of witnesses, of the situations, and corroboration, uh, proof that's backing up these incidences. Give me an example. Uh, Ah, the... uh, when I talk about the uh, Betty and Barney Hill case in 1961, oh, okay. the original abduction case, uh, what I see in that case is I see I see witnesses that appear very credible, very credible to me in what they're saying and even what was produced after the hypnosis. Yeah, but and, hypnosis, as but, you know, as a former law enforcement agency, you know, can be can be misconstrued or the person under hypnosis can be directed by the person giving the hypnosis direction. You know, in charge of the case to give them the answers they want. For example, Bud Hopkins' girlfriend, live-in wife, told us that it's all a hoax, that hypnosis doesn't work. It was just a bunch of bunk. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll always have that in any of these cases. There's always going to be contrary mm-hmm. uh, contra- contradiction yeah. and uh, there's going to be complaints about uh, whether something is a hoax or not. That'll always be the case. But when you look at the witnesses themselves, okay. one, of the, one of the real giveaways is when people maintain the absolute veracity of everything they have said from the beginning of the experience, however many years ago it was, right up until the day they die, without deviation, without backstep whatsoever. That's one of the strongest clues that they were absolutely authentic in everything that they said. And the uh, interviews of Betty and Barney Hill, uh, anyone who believes that uh, their stuff was a hoax, I would challenge them just to go look at their interviews, which are still available today. Yeah, I I, I have a copy of them here. I have a copy of them here, and I don't believe that case one bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, because, because there's a few things that make no sense. The dress that apparently was soiled, she never produced. Betty never produced the dress that she was wearing that she claimed in interviews that was soiled. Why didn't she produce it? Why did she send it to a dry cleaner instead of having it analyzed as proof if she was so convinced? And then we know that Barney himself had a flair for science fiction. Well, the dress, I would explain uh, simply, you know, during the early portion of after the experiences Mm -hmm. happened, they had no desire to prove anything to anyone or even come out with their experience or become notorious for this uh, for this experience. They had they would have she would have had no stake in uh, sending that dress. Then why someone then why did they come out? Why did they go public? Oh, they were finally convinced by who? Oh, that's uh, that's something that was an involving process that went on for a long time. It took quite a bit of convincing to get them to finally come forward with their experiences because people could people close to them mm-hmm. could see that psychologically they had been very strongly affected. And, by what and they wasn't did. it wasn't it a UFO group that finally convinced them to come forward? I'm sure it was. So I mean, you know, was, if you don't, there's want, always that those types of groups. If you don't want that fame, if you don't want that attention. Why would you do it unless there was something in it for yourself? There's what's you well, know the motive. Therapeutic, 
good health. That's what I believe it was. Because if you see the interviews with them, you see that these are painful experiences okay. for them, difficult experiences, and that they were not enjoying coming out with this testimony. Question. They were not enjoying the notoriety or the uh, celebrity that they did. The, they the little see, celebrity. Did they, they seek psychiatric help? Oh, I, I'm not aware. I don't know if they did or not. Uh, so, uh, but they but, did seek a, a, hypno, a, a hypnotherapy. Yes, absolutely. Why not. wouldn't you go to see a credible professional? Why would you go to see a, why would you go under hypnosis? Aren't there many, uh, there are many psychiatrists and psychologists that are hyp, hypnotherapists themselves. But this well. hypnotherapist That's was referred to them it. by a UFO group. Ah, yes, yes. I myself would not go to a psychiatrist, so I can't ask anybody else to do that. Why not? Would you rather I, go to a hypnosis? A I think I would, does, yes. I they could help me in some therapeutic manner. They could help me with uh, mental health, and I don't, I don't really see the same from a psychologist or how psychiatrist. Can, That's just my personal Well, wait part. a minute. How can, you, how can you say that a, a person who does hypnosis can help you with mental health when they're not licensed to do such? Well, who would license them then? Are you saying you're saying that there is no license for you can be you sure you can be a licensed uh, uh, hypnotherapist, but you can't be a me- yeah, I, I've never heard of a hypnotist who is who does mental health who isn't licensed. No, I said it would have a, it would have a positive effect on mental oh, health if a person is going through some therapy to remove screen memories and to help them with uh, with things they want to need to come to terms with. That's oh. how I see it. Okay, but. How do we know that these these hypnosis sessions were of what the real events were that happened? For example, in any of the uh, any of the literature that you've read that is that has been published, was it ever mentioned that Barney Hill was carrying a firearm? Well, I did see that in, in okay, much of the literature. Okay, so here's he my was question: carrying to you. a gun. It mm-hmm. was a period. There was a time when he was thinking of using the gun, yeah. but then the thought popped into his head from outside: uh, "You better not do that. Okay. You should not use that gun." Here's my quest. Here's here's my where I'm getting going with this. According to the story, they were on their way back from Montreal. They had crossed the right. Canadian border into New Hampshire. You can't bring a firearm into Canada. Okay. Okay. So he was committing an illegal act, is what you're saying. And if he was committing an illegal act, there goes his credibility. Yeah. Like I said, the uh, the best thing to do on that is, as far as his credibility, mm-hmm. is for people to go see the go see the interviews directly for themselves and decide on credibility with that element. But don't you agree that anybody who to goes it. to read the uh, the interviews? of Benny of Barney Hill or even of Jesse Marcel of the Roswell fiasco or Kenneth Arnold or whoever, that if they're a believer in UFOs, they will read into it what they want. If you, if somebody who well, does, wait a, sec, wait, a sec, wait, a sec, wait 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 a sec. And if you're not a believer, you will, you will not see what the believer believes in. So where do you tell, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line between fact and fiction? Well, there is no line because what you just said is true for all human beings in all situations. Everyone mm-hmm. will read in what they already have in their mind. Facts and logic and, uh, and truth yeah. don't really have the greatest effect on our perspective. Or what has the greatest effect is what's already in our mind. If we want to disbelieve, we are going to disbelieve no matter what. And if we are open to paranormal possibilities, then we will be open. Hey, listen, I want to believe, but I want to see the proof. I want to see proof. I don't want to see supposition. I don't want to see second-hand uh, information, so third-hand. How did, you, how did you feel about the star chart that was produced by Betty Hill? Uh, it was later proven to be accurate by planets and system and by, uh, by astronomers later that found it to be completely accurate. I want to know what happened prior chart. to the hurt doing that chart. How long after the event was it? You've got it. You've got. I look at the whole picture. I just don't look at little slices. Like I want to know how long and what the what the chain of events were from the time this happened, from the time of the alleged uh, abduction to the time when that star chart was written. That is a very important fact because you don't know. I don't know. I'm sure somebody does know. 
Maybe Kevin Randall knows. But that timeline, is it possible that she did research, that she actually went to a library, checked it out? We don't know. So just to use that, that star chart as a sliver of, of making the piece fit into the timeline, to me that doesn't work. Sure, that is a sliver, but they're all slivers that come together to make up the entire picture. Listen, you and I have got to say so long for tonight. Um, this has been great. Thank you very much for joining us. And Exxon Nation, uh, if you'd like to find out more about John, his website is, just a second here, I'll get that. I had it over here. It is www.johntemabooks.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. 